Hey, it's Craig Conover from Bravo TV's Southern Charm. I'm on Hollywood Raw podcast. Listen this week to hear all about my issues with Adderall, Charleston gossip and drama, my new book, Pillow Talk, and this upcoming season of Southern Charm. Maybe if I helped a certain marriage, maybe you know, get together finally. Uh, all that and more this week on Hollywood Raw. Hey everybody, it's Tony Robbins. Hey guys, I'm Audrina Patrick. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. You're on the Hollywood Raw podcast. You're watching Hollywood Raw. You're listening to and watching Hollywood Raw. This is the Hollywood Raw podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glenn. The podcast humanizing Hollywood. From celebrities to media moguls, even paparazzi and bodyguards have come to break news, break their silence, or just have a great conversation on Hollywood Raw. If they're on Hollywood Raw, there's a reason. From Page Six to TMZ, Daily Mail, and People Magazine, everyone is talking about the Hollywood Raw podcast with Dax Holt and Adam Glenn. What's up, Dax? How are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you, sir? I'm good. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw podcast, where we like to say we open up the fourth wall of Hollywood. We just kind of, we talk to celebrities, the pa- paparazzi, publicists, the people that made the famous famous celebrity bodyguards, and more. Uh, today, we got a really and, fun- And the famous people. Yeah. I, yeah. I, did I say celebrities? I don't know. <laughs> um, speaking of famous people, guess who I ran into this morning? Who? Uh, Kevin Hart and Mark Wahlberg. Are you like best friends with Mark Wahlberg? I feel like I'm seeing you pop up on his Instagram page quite often now. You're, yeah. Are you just like brown nosing him by wearing his clothes out every single day? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dax. That's I'm trying to get in there. Uh, I mean, he's a great guy. Kevin Hart, also a great person. Great guy. Um, it's weird. Like, I'm Mark assuming w- your question to them today was... Can you come on the Hollywood Raw podcast? Exactly. Um, no, I. It, well, actually, it's funny. Mark Wahlberg comes out and sees me. I, of course, I'm wearing one of his brand's T-shirts. He goes, my man. And he goes, come on, let me take a photo with you. And he actually took a photo with me. Everyone was watching him take a photo with me. We're at this hotel. The security of the hotel is like, holy shit. Like, this guy, like, here he is. We thought, like, some guy on the streets. But, like, here's Mark, like, taking a photo with him. And Mark looks ripped, by the way. He is he is narrow. He is just he's got no fat in his body anymore. He is he is insanely shaped. Kevin Hart, great guy. He's in New York doing a bunch of shows, but uh cool to always run into those guys. Would you I mean those are A list, right, Dax? hundred percent. Oh yeah, yeah. Kevin and Mark. Yeah, those are A list. Is it weird that I see Kevin Hart and Mark Wahlberg more than I see you? Well, you see me through the screen. Like- <laughs> yeah. Every day, them it, you see in person. Yeah, I, it's so funny. Like I don't know, I see them all the time now. Like we're we're it's cool, it's great. I, um, I want to know how involved Mark is with the designs of his clothes, because for him to come out and see that you're wearing one, like he's got to be, he's got to be involved, right? Yeah, uh, I would th- imagine so. And actually, the clothes are really good. Shout out to Municipal. Uh, they're not. So- Sponsor the whoa, podcast, whoa. but they should be. When Mark no free wants plugs. To pay us to promote him on the podcast. Yeah, or stop on by. We will throw out his name left and right. Until then, you keep your mouth closed. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but they uh, cool running into them. We got a cool episode today, though, right, Dex? Well, for all those Bravo fans, we got Craig Conover from Southern Charm. He is. He's basically the Prince of Charleston is the, the way that I like to put it. He's got great hair. <laughs> but um, I, I feel like we got a lot of questions to ask him. He's been all over the news. This is one of the guys on Bravo that I feel like is constantly making headlines. Obviously, 
Uh, it start, one of the biggest headlines he ever made was kind of calling out Madison for sleeping with a married MLB player, which happened to turn out to be A-Rod, which then broke up the A-Rod and J-Lo relationship. And so I would love to ask him about that. I don't know if we're going to have time and if his reps are on. We'll see if it it works. But nevertheless, I'm excited to talk to him. He's got a huge fan base, and he just seems like a cool guy. So I want to confirm that he's actually a cool guy uh, when we get him on the phone here. Well, phone, on the Zoom. Before we get to him, we do a thing where uh, we read your reviews live on air. It's the best thing you do to support this podcast. We're not a Patreon. We don't ask for anything except for 20 seconds of your time. If you have iTunes uh, or a podcast, the podcast app on your phone, look up Hollywood Raw Podcasts. Go to the bottom where you could uh, of the Hollywood Raw and you could actually leave a review, five stars, say a few kind words. We'll actually read your review live on air. It helps out with the algorithm. Dax has a review ready for us. Dax, what's this, re- today, uh, what's this week's review? All right, this one says, this one's from Max Ross 11. Loved you both on Juicy Scoop. I am now subscribed to Hollywood Raw and, of course, left a five star review. Max, thank you for listening and following directions. We greatly appreciate it. <laughs> no, thank you, thank you. We do appreciate the, the 20 seconds of your time that went into that because it really does mean a lot. Let's get another one in here. Um, Chris Carpenter says, Heather McDonald, get ready to really blow up. Heard you guys on Heather McDonald. Can't believe I am just finding this. Loving your podcast. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, thank you. And then should we do one more just for fun? Let's do it. All right. Whoa, this is a big one. Holy moly. Uh, let's see. Cruises Angel, I think it says. Interviews gave a thumb up and said five stars. Love the interviews. Just went back and listened to Brian Austin Green from 2020. Thank you for sending me there from a current episode. Awesome interview and such a great depiction of him. Seems like a super nice guy. If I had one reque- request, it would be for you to interview Motley Crue and or Papa Roach individually or as a band. Either way, will be fine. Uh met all but mick they have been great at, to talk to keep up the good work oh wow that was a really long one very well, cool thank you for coming and yes i do highly recommend going back and listening to the brian austin green interview it was great brian looked awesome um you know it was right after the news of him and megan fox's separation was like went public so we were the first place that he came by, talked to us, talked all about where him and Megan stood as, I guess, as a separation, but also what they were doing with the kids. And it was a great freaking interview. It was really, really good. So go back and check it out for sure. Yes. Um, with that said, uh, let's get into our guest today. Is that cool? Yeah, let's do it. So our guest today, some may consider, including myself, the Prince of Charleston. He's a handsome looking dude you know him from uh, bravo southern charm you've seen him pop up on winter house summer house and recently added author to one of his many titles and jobs craig conover craig thank you for doing the podcast i am a i'm a fan i am a huge huge bravo but i'm a fan of you i think the way you've handled yourself on tv and with the media because you're just you're always in the news, in a good way. You know, obviously, in the past, you've been on reality TV for more than a decade. So I want to start this interview with the most important question, and the first question. I want to get right into it. Did you go to your high school reunion? <laughs> Dude, I, uh, this is a funny story. I, that is what has driven me for the last 10 years. Like, since I graduated high school, everything that I did was leading up to showing up to that 10-year reunion <laughs> and 
because I was still in my toxic relationship that you guys got to see on TV, we were not able to go and I will never forget that. And so there's there's always going to be 15 and 20. Have no fear, bud. And so I at least, you know, got to do, you know, like the night before Thanksgiving or like Christmas, Christmas day, I did get to do the local bars. Um, you know, first and second season of the TV show. So I, I still got to show back up to town being on TV. Um, but Madison was actually at my 10 year reunion cause she was dating my best friend at the time and I didn't get to go. So Madison was there <laughs> and I wasn't there. Is that, it's so funny cause I feel like part of it and it, I, at least for me, and it's gotta be with you or some people that you want to go back to that reunion and show what you've done you know, in 10 years. So I, is, is, does high school drive you a little bit? Cause you just want to show face to the people you grew up with. Like, Hey, look what I'm doing. I mean, not saying you're an ego guy, but there is a little ego element to it to just prove to people that you've done some cool stuff with your yeah, life. I mean that I, you know, I, I wrote about it in the book too, which is when I was signing my contract for Southern charm, you know, almost 10 years ago, I, what I can, this is how crazy like bullying is that it sticks with people so long that when I was signing my contract, I was thinking about those guys from high school and that I hoped that there was a TV in their jail cell so that one day <laughs> they could look up at their TV in jail that they probably all are in and see me on TV. And I was like, it is crazy that it kind of like lasts with you, but it's also why I'm able to deal with the crazy shit that comes with this because nothing like any hater on the internet like no one can come close to what they did you know to me growing up i mean not to be dramatic i'm just saying like if you survive middle school and high school and you self-validate back then it really prepares you (laughs) for reality tv whereas like some other people that i've worked with they were never bullied growing up they were the cool kids so they don't know how to handle it as well and how so often you, are people hitting you up from high school? Because I get that in my, like, on Facebook or something. Someone who was a total dickhead to me back in high school, suddenly they're friending me on Facebook. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. we weren't friends. Last time I checked, we weren't friends. So are you getting that yourself? I Not as much as you would think. I think it's almost like, I don't know, as humble pie a word, or maybe they don't even. I, I just, no, they don't, because those guys the people that have hit me up were the ones that were nice to me. So that's cool. And like, I love going back home and we have a local grocery store called Hawkers. It's actually like Paige's favorite grocery store in the world. And it's so just like country and like, it's just, it's very, um, I I don't know how to, what the appropriate words are anymore, but we live around a bunch of farms and a bunch of people like to hunt. And if you get the saying, but there's just a local grocery store. But anyway, I run into a lot of people from high school there and I love seeing them. Um, Yeah, no, I don't, I, no, I think because I moved away, I mean, I'm, I'm 10 hour drive from home. I'm 600 miles. So I think if I was in the area, it might happen a little more, but I think I'm, I just feel out of reach. How many kids did you graduate? How many people were in your graduating class in high school? Like 200. Yeah, like 200. And were you a cool kid or what were you? What was your vibe like? So the boys were two years ahead of me or in two or three years ahead of me. So as soon as they left, like as soon as 11th and 12th grade happened, that was when I was like, I started to feel cool and find myself because like my grade was nice. And the grade above me was nice, but it was the guys older than that. So 
11th and 12th grade, I started to find myself, but it wasn't until I left for college. And I remember the feeling like the first day I got to college at Charleston, people just looked at me different. And I just decided that I was cool. And I had never realized that you're actually the person that decides if you're cool or not. No one else. You know, there's not like a board out there being like, that guy's cool now, that guy. Like the cool kids in high school, they just came to school and were like, no, I'm the cool guy. And it's kind of a weird thing to realize one day. Totally get it. You know, a hundred percent. Like if you could tell kids right now in high high school, I'd be like, just have confidence. That's all it is. It's the confident kids are the cool kids in high school. And if you want to be the cool kid, just have confidence. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's something, you know, and it's tough. Like I, I tell kids that come in the store a lot, uh, especially that are in like seventh grade or eighth grade. I had a girl that came in the other day and she was quiet and I was like, what grade are you in? She's like going into eighth. And I was like, it's better than seventh. And I could instantly tell on her face that like I connected with her because she, you know, and then her mom was like, yeah, seventh grade wasn't that easy. And I was like, look, it's not for anyone, but, um, yeah, I, you know, I hope to be able to communicate with, you know, more and more kids about that stuff because it's, uh, it can be a cruel, cruel place. Yeah. So let me, Charleston, I've been to Charleston. Dax, have you been to Charleston at all? No, I have never been to Charleston. Beautiful place. Very cool. A lot of bachelorette parties are happening there now. It's it's a very cool place, but not a big town. It's not a big place. So when you're in Charleston, do you, like you and the cast, are you guys, you guys are the stars of Charleston. Is it kind of wild now because you're a star of a hometown, like a small town? Yeah, I mean, it's a weird feeling because the locals don't care, right? They've been around, they they don't care, but we have such a tourist population and now, you know, we're on the scavenger hunt and Southern Charm has really driven a lot of tourism here. It was funny because they didn't admit that for a long time and now they can't help but do it. Um, and so when people are coming to town to spot you, you know, they can't help but kind of freak out when they see you. Um, and you know, now we have the store on King street. And so it's, I, 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 I love it. Like I cater to it. I accommodate to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a weird feeling, you know, I mean, I don't think you can ever really describe it. I will say that it's something that in college, you know, I was never going to move to LA to become famous, but I would be lying if I didn't, if I said I didn't fantasize about it, you know? And so when all of this happened, it's just one of those things that like you can't not want it until you've experienced it. Not that I don't want it because I love it, but it is it's um, like I don't know how real famous people like a list people survive because it kind of gives you it turns you into a uh, what's it called? I So I used to be an extrovert like I wore neon blazer or I wore blazers and neon v-necks like before the show started like I wanted all <laughs> the attention in the room like I was that guy at the bar and now you become like a little more introverted but um, it's yeah I mean it's it's just weird it's hard to explain. How, how is the store doing like obviously being on a tourist destination is the store just booming now? Yeah. And we got real lucky because I attributed it to like COVID tourism because Charleston just didn't have any rules. Like we opened up real quick. And so everyone from like, you know, the North and stuff were just coming down and we were like, Hey, we don't make the rules, but we do have a store here. So we, we had a huge summer last summer. Um, the holidays were really fun. Like 
I love it. We're doing Christmas in July right now. So the, <laughs> my employees sometimes hate me because what they enjoy it, but the store is decorated like Christmas right now. Christmas <laughs> is blasting. And we've got the 12 days of Christmas and we have like mimosas in there and we've got beer on tap and, um, it's a lot of fun. And I wanted it to feel like a surf shop. Like when you walk in, it smells good. You kind of just like are happy to be there. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going really well. I love me, you know, every Saturday I'm in town, we do like meet and greets and it's really fun. It's awesome. The store is cool. Like the, actually the, the clothes are actually, it's good style. Like it's cool. It's fun. It's very, and it's Charleston. It's like the clothes that you want to wear in Charleston, but it's like, I like the prints. It's it's good stuff. Is it, is that where you see your future? Like, did you see yourself getting into like the clothing stuff? Because I know you went to school to be a lawyer, and now you kind of changed paths a little bit. But where do you see this going? Is this going to be all a chain all over, or is this going to be e commerce, or what? Where do you see this? I mean, my goal has always to be in like the next William Sonoma. Like, I want to be a home store. I love to cook. And, you know, I know that there's a lot that I need to do before I can get into cookware. Um, I mean, we have soft cooking goods now, like aprons and oven mitts. But I would love, like, I'd love to write a cookbook. And that was kind of like what I thought I wanted to do before writing Pillow Talk. Like, I wanted to do a cookbook. And now, you know, that's on the docket in a couple of years, hopefully. But, yeah, I mean, when I first started to sew, I wanted to make clothes. But I didn't realize that you can't just start making clothes. Like, it's pretty difficult. And I was never trained to do that. Um, And so I went in this direction. And you know, look, there's a, a company that I always wanted to start was called flawed and it was about embracing your flaws and that like your flaws are actually what makes you cool in life. People just don't realize it kind of like what we were talking about earlier. And I wanted it to be kind of eccentric based, like, you know, buttons were the wrong color or something like that. So I definitely have these goals. Um, but I think, I think like we're about to go into sleeping pillows. So we're about to start making sleeping pillows and bedroom sets. So we're about to start making duvets and sheet sets and we're going to take over your bedroom next and then maybe your bathroom and then maybe your kitchen. So that's kind of the pathway. Um, you know, we just hit home goods a couple of days ago, which was, it sounds incredible to say it's now. Insane. My mom, I think was the happiest person about that. But. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure we'll be sleeping on you soon because uh, my wife shops at Home Goods almost every day. So that's awesome. No, you know, speaking of clothes, how often are you buying new clothes? Because I feel like there's a lot of pressure with people that are on reality shows to step it up, look good, especially in Charleston. Like, what kind of are you buying stuff all the time? Are people gifting it to you? Like, what what's your clothing deal? That's a great question because it's pretty insane and it's only increased for me now that I'm dating like a fashion girl or that's in that world because I had never felt pressure with what I was wearing, you know, up until a couple of years ago because it was easy. Like guys kind of have it easy and like I would always do something a little different. Um, but, you know, and then I was in bright colors a lot because of Charleston and now it's, you know, black and white. But yeah. And then it's also one of those things. Once you get to the point where you can afford the things you want, they start to give them to you. It's really a backwards thing. Um, but no, I spend so much money at Zara and like now I have like, you know, a stylist, I use pages stylist in New York, like Alex and Danielle. And, um, it's just part of the job now because I've realized as the scale gets bigger, you know, we got to go to the MTV awards this year. Paige was presenting. I was on the carpet 
like you, you do want to look your best and you don't have to spend a gazillion dollars. The clothes just have to fit right. Um, but yes, it has become a, I just had a tailor come to my house the other day and I spent a bunch of money on like new dress shirts because my size has changed a lot since I stopped taking Adderall. Um, you know, part of that is gaining a little bit of weight, but yeah, I mean the clothes thing, it's, it's, it's an aspect that is only increasing now. Um, do you like set aside a budget though? Like I'm going to spend this much this year because I know I've got all these events coming up or is it just like, yeah, fuck it, whatever I want to buy. Yeah. I, 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 I wish I did the budget thing, but instead, um, you know, like if I'm going up for watch what happens, I'm just like, I, I need to get the clothes that are going to make me look cool. <laughs> like, you know, I have to, I want to look good on stage. A lot of times, I mean, this last time I was on watch what happens, I just went down to the Macy's, um, in New York, which it's hilarious how much shopping I've done in Times Square. I'm such a tourist, but they had a bunch of suits for 60% off. So like I got three <laughs> for 500 bucks and they fit well. And you know, no one ever knows the difference. Like the jacket I wore at Saratoga last week, I was complimented on almost by everyone that came up to me and it was like 90 bucks at Macy's. You know, I, but, I love when people are like, admit the, yeah, I like a bargain. Like we had uh, Jody Sweet and she was like, fuck yeah, I use coupons. I go and I use coupons just like everyone else. Like just cause I've been on TV my whole life. That doesn't change shit. I like a bargain. I like a deal. I, that is one thing I won't spend. Like I won't spend an ad like enormous amount of money on clothes. Like I know like I can get a pair of white pants for a certain price in Charleston or like white AGs and like, like they're like 140 bucks, which is crazy to spend on pants. I try to stay humble, but like, you know, there's some white pants out there that are like 400 bucks. I'm like, no, they're the exact same as the other white pants I can buy. Yeah. Do you, I, so here's the thing, Dax, I ran into Craig recently outside NBC. I think he just did uh, New York live and it was my first time seeing you in person and you are, you're a big guy. You're a good looking dude. You're a big guy. You're a handsome guy. You got great hair. You know, you got good thick hair. Does your God, like, Adam, I, just ask him out. Jesus. I, I would, but he's taken buddy. But here's the thing. <laughs> I, uh, do you, did your dad, do they all have good hair? Like, do they have loser hair or are you, uh, are you doing products or what you do for your hairline? Yeah, that was my first uh, experience like that. And it was, you were my first. You were my first. Good. Good. Um, and it was, it was so funny. I happened to be with my publicist, Charlie, at the time. And uh, uh, yeah, that was great. I was hoping to see you the other day. Me and Shep were walking out and I wanted him to experience that. But, Actually, I was um, almost going to go. I had the tip and I was going to go. But I was like, ah, I, I didn't want to overdo it. No, I let you. So, <laughs> look, uh, actually, my dad and my grandfather like my grandfather's 84 and he's got a full head of like beautiful white hair um and my dad has his hair too i think we go white kind of early like not gray we just go white um but yeah i've just been blessed with good hair but we were just watching home videos and i mean it was i had the worst haircut as a little kid and i <laughs> i was like a four-year-old and it looked like a mushroom on top of my head and then it grew into a bowl. And every time I just look at my mom and I'm like, mom, what are you doing? And she's oh, like, she's like, was everyone, dude. Yeah. That she's like, look, we didn't have a lot of money back then. And like every, that's what everyone did, Craig. And so I think part of my hair kind of passion now comes from the fact that I had a bowl cut. Oh, Craig, I had, I had a bowl cut plus a rat tail. So I'll up you a rat tail because that, yeah, that shit looks really good in childhood photos. That wins. That wins. <laughs> what, um, who was the, 
who was the biggest celebrity in your DMs? The one like who was a fan of the show, like or just like had a question for you, or even was trying to get your attention. What was the one they're like, dude? This is pretty cool. Like I'm in the game. Um, there's been a couple. Like the biggest one I can't ever. Uh, Andy asked me that on Watch What Happens, and I was like, I'm gonna have to drink on that one. So I'm pretty <laughs> open book, but some of the DMs I can't answer. Um, but I will tell you that the first in person one was Danny McBride. Um, do you guys That's know Danny? Cool. Great yeah. guy, super ni- yeah, the nicest so- dude. He is. And so he moved to Charleston. Um, He does all of his productions here now. And he came up to me and Cameron once at a Halloween party. And we were, that was the first person that I'd ever been starstruck with, you know, where I was just like, he was like, so tell me what's going on with the show. And then we were like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, we're in like 70% of our favorite like movies. Like what the fuck's going on? And so we just went to his 4th of July party. Um, two weeks ago and like Adam uh, Divine was there and uh, it was just like those guys the now the local ones in Charleston are the ones that really you know like every time you see Danny it's you're gonna have the same reaction or anytime you hear him laugh you're just like how the heck is you know this guy my buddy now the nicest dude he he's just like I don't know he's just a great guy he's cool he's nice he's humble and like it sounds weird because for, for my position, for my job, I see a lot of celebrities. But when you see him, there's there's some sort of awe of it because he looks just like he does on TV. Yeah. There's some sort yeah. of like, I saw Mark Wahlberg today, and like I um, he like sounds like um like, yeah you're not disappointed. That's the thing. He's one that you're not disappointed when you meet in person. Yeah, I, I want to know how was your family when you first got on reality television? Were they excited? Were they like, oh god, like? I think about some of the things that come up on reality TV and I'm like, I don't know if I'd want my family seeing this moment of my life. Everyone else fine, but like my mom seeing a moment like that, like how has that been for you? Yeah, I mean, I, look, they were nervous only because I I was in the middle of law. Like I was in the middle of doing something. And what was important to them is that I just finished it. I don't think they really had any idea what, it was, you know, like when I was doing it and, you know, my dad and my mom, they say the same thing every time. Cause I'm just like cut from a different cloth, um, from them. And they're like, look, we trust you. We trust that you've done enough decision, you know, processing that you're going to do this. Um, and just don't be an idiot. Um, and obviously that comes with the territory, you know, you are an idiot. My mom stopped watching a couple years ago, thankfully, uh, <laughs> She stopped watching like kind of when my relationship started to go south. She couldn't watch that stuff. Mm -hmm. But then Winterhouse comes out and I find out she's watching where in my head I was like, I didn't think I had to tell you not to watch stuff anymore. And she loved it. Like she absolutely loved watching Winterhouse one because she said she just had fun watching us have fun. And I thought it was adorable. I was like, wow, that's pretty neat. And but, was, but do you then start going through your Rolodex of memories and go, oh, God, what did I do? What did I do there? Yeah, yes, definitely. <laughs> I just tell myself they don't watch. Um, but they do. I don't know. I think my dad does, but he knows I like to hear that he doesn't. Um, but my grandfather is the funniest one cause he gets real into it and he just, all he's ever watched are Westerns and now he's like into the Bravo world. And, you know, <laughs> sometimes I have to be like, dad, I need you to tell granddad that what he's about to see isn't the full story. Okay. I got to give him some context. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's look, it would be a lot easier if no one that you knew watched, um, 
but as long as they're not getting worked up about it, then it's okay. What, uh, when you, do you watch the show or are you like one of those guys that gets weird about watching yourself? Yeah, look, I've, I've learned that it sounds, it sounds negative when I say this. So I've tried to come up with a softer way to say it, but no, like I don't. Um, and I'm mentally just healthier and happier for that. Um, what I think I'll be able to do this year is a couple weeks later, watch the episodes that already aired, because then if you're watching like four weeks later, there's nothing you can do about it. Right. The news cycle has changed. There's no one to yell at. Like, um, it's, it's, it's weird. Like I just, what happened was there's been two times in my life, like one dating on TV makes it difficult. Watching yourself single on TV, there's nothing, like, who cares? Like, who's going to get mad at you? But watching yourself date on TV can be a little tougher. And then I used to read stuff online. Ooh, bad choice. Bad choice. Yeah. And so when Paige and I started dating, I got upset about something. And I had to look myself in the mirror and be like, Craig, if you can't handle reading stuff, then you have to make the decision not to. And so- I'm just better off not knowing. Um, but it sounds weird because I heard it played back one time and I was like, no, I don't watch it. And I was like, I'm not trying to say like I'm too cool for it. I just mentally can't handle it. Like I get too worked up watching sometimes. Um, yeah. I don't know. And Does that make sense? Like it I totally get it. I hate like, watching up, myself. Like, yeah. yeah. And someone actually told me that the other day. They were like, look, a lot of people don't even like hearing their voices on the mm-hmm. phone. They were like, of course, watching yourself back is going to be you know, kind of weird. So I just, yeah, I, I just, I'll show up, you know, I'll show up and be crazy Craig, but I don't need to watch it back, you know? And how often, how often do you run into Cameron? Um, not as much as I'd like, you know, she's, um, she loves being at home and being with her child and her husband. And, you know, I think filming was a good way, you know, it was a good excuse for her to get out, um, a little more cause we were brought together, um, in a more structured way. Um, but we talk a lot, you know, we talk a lot. We just don't get to see each other as much as we'd like to. Did you see her giving you credit for uh, Ben and JLo's wedding? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about, what do you think about that whole thing? Like, do you feel like you have any hand in that and they should be thanking you? Cause the internet is going wild right now being like everyone, well, they in particular should be thanking Craig. Yeah. I, I feel weird about it. I, I always have because I, I remember that day I was like very careful not to say a name, but obviously, you know, it was going to come out. Um, yeah, I feel weird because I don't know him, you know, like I don't I was like, oh, shit, like I kind of like had a, you know, I, <laughs> like I think I think I had more to do with it than I wanted to. <laughs> but, but really, because of those comments, you know, JLo yeah. and A-Rod split. She rekindles her love with Ben Affleck after 20 years. They walked down the aisle this weekend in Vegas, and it's because of you. Because <laughs> of you at the end of the day. I, I mean, if, if it made a lot of people happy, and they seem happy now, so if I could bring someone to the right person, then that's great. But, God, Ma- Madison and I just watched that back together. Um, they filmed it. You can watch it online, and that's the first time I ever saw it. And it it was pretty funny, actually. I mean, I uh, we got drunk together and watched me scream and making out of myself. <laughs> That's, That's so awesome. good. How does uh, how does 
Austin dude down in Charleston? Does he like clean up with women down there or what's his deal? He's real um he's real secretive about his love life. Um at least with me. Um I think after like the Madison stuff, he just I think he accepted that I didn't want to hear about it anymore. Um but girls like him a lot. I just like fortunately he doesn't tell me anymore. Um fortunately. <laughs> yeah. He's uh yeah, I mean he definitely uh you know, there's different types of people. And um oh jeez. You should have interviewed me at night after after drinking. But yeah, he does <laughs> He does well for himself. Um, I got to imagine you know, with all these bachelor parties. Like that's that's the thing. He still lives downtown. And you got it like that's that's a move, you know. Shep had to leave downtown. I had to leave downtown, but he's still a golf cart away from any bar he wants to go to. So, Man, at what point did your relationship with Paige turn? Like, when when did it click? And you were like, "All right, this is something different." I just, I, <clears throat> you know, we we were long distance. We didn't want to rush into that. I was getting out of a toxic, like almost year relationship. I needed to be single for a little while. And, you know, people forget that like, you know, New York and Charleston isn't the easy, isn't an easy thing to do if you're not, if you don't, you know, if you don't want to date that, like if that's not your person, um, mm -hmm. now it's easy because you know, it's our person. So basically I needed to be single for a little bit. And then one weekend I just woke up and I was like, I don't, I, I was like, I don't want to be with anyone else. I don't want to hook up with anyone else. I, there's no one else out there for me. Like Paige is my person. Um, and I like that because it wasn't like Paige, I don't want you hooking up with anyone else or I don't want you going on dates. It was that I truly just had zero interest in seeing anyone else again mm -hmm. um, or anyone new. And so I texted Paige that and Paige was like, I don't want to be with anyone else either. And, uh, you know, it just happened organically. It was about three months in, which, you know, I think is healthy. I, I honestly don't think there's anything wrong with that. I do know that if we would have gone longer than that, we would have screwed ourselves. Like there's only so long you can go without becoming exclusive, but I think we did it right. Um, but no, if we would have like, if we wouldn't have, you know, uh, committed to each other when we did, you know, then feelings would have probably started to get hurt. But uh, you know, obviously before you were with her, she was with Andrea on Summer House, and now he's no longer on the show. Does part of you feel happy or feel just more comfortable knowing that this season of Summer House, that he's not there, <laughs> so you have really not that part to worry about? No, I mean, I love Andrea. I wish, so Andrea and I actually had a really deep friendship on Winter House that they cut out. Uh, me and Austin and Andrea, me and Austin started a fraternity and rushed Andrea into it. He was a pledge <laughs> and he had like hell, hell, like a hell week in a day. And he had an initiation. I mean, it was, it was the best freaking television ever. And the fact that they cut that out is insanity to me. And it would have played into what ended up happening on summer house. But why I'm happy for Andrea is he was the only one that knew there was problems in my relationship. And I was the only one that knew he was in love with this other girl and that's the girl that he's with now. So I'm, I'm happy for him. I mean, you got to be adults about stuff. Of course it gets a little, you know, did I watch? No, I don't want to see Paige making out with like another guy, but, um, no, I, I mean, I, I like Andre. He's going to be at Bravo con and, um, you know, I'm happy for him and, 
you know, you got to trust your partner. You know, you can't be with someone that you would be worried that, you know, they would do something. Then you're probably not with the right person. But I understand where the question's coming from. Yeah. So what was your first, like, official first date with Paige? Where, where did that go down? Where did it happen? What do you consider your first date? I consider it as... What, they filmed it too, and then they didn't fucking air it. God, <laughs> <laughs> everyone in the fucking Bravo universe wanted to watch me and Paige's first date. They filmed it. It could not be cuter. And all they used it for was our makeout in the elevator. And I was like, oh, you guys just, I just don't, obviously I would do things differently, but um, <laughs> that was our first technically date. And I remember I got there earlier than her or they were holding her somewhere and it was a nice place. So like, I wasn't just going to chug a Bud Light, but at, like two minutes goes by and I like grabbed one of the servers and I was like, Hey, can you run me over like a Bud Light real quick? <laughs> Did. And I'm just like chugging it as she walks in and I was like, all right, someone needs to get this can off the table. I'm like, I'll order a martini now. Uh, like, oh, be fancy. Um, and then we, you know, she, after we became exclusive and I surprised her at summer house andy came andy cohen and he was like so are you boyfriend girlfriend and we were still on camera and i didn't want to give him that like you know i don't i just wouldn't do i wouldn't say the first time that she was my girlfriend on camera because that just that just steals the intimacy so my brother had an end of the summer party in delaware and she jumped in the pool with me and it was like freezing cold and i just told her she was my girlfriend and um and she, you know, it was in a cute way. And then the next day she was like, do you remember what you said? And I was like, of course, you're my girlfriend. And she's like, well, are you going to ask me? And I was like, do I, I don't know what happened with it. <laughs> just like, I just basically told her, you know, it was, it was cute. But hey, um, has Bravo ever put out like bonus footage? Like I'm even just on social media. I have, I, I honestly don't know the answer. And I think that would be a cute bonus thing to put out for the world. I just don't know if they do that or not. Yeah. I mean, I wish they would. There's, there's so much. I mean, shit, with Winter House and Summer House, those 24-hour surveillance shows, there's so much extra footage, which I will say, anyone listening, of course I'm happy that not all of it is aired. But there is some funny, like, cute stuff um, that I think they can make a couple bonus episodes with. Southern Tom's done it a couple times, um, but... So where are you, are you right now considering moving to New York City full time? Like, how is this long distance relationship going? Like, are, is she going to move down? Or are you going to move up? Like, where where does it stand for you guys right now? Uh, you know, fortunately, like, we don't have to make that decision because travel is just, you know, we have such flexible schedules. So I do like half the week in Charleston, half the week in New York. You know, to be honest, and she'd tell you this the same way. I don't think either of us wants to raise it's not like raising kids in the city isn't for us. I know it's for some people. I think Charleston is. Charleston's probably like when we get to the point where we're going to have children, like that's where, you know, we're, I think we both see that happening in Charleston. You know, she's helping with the build out of my house. Like we're putting a pool in. She's definitely gotten, she just told me she wants to put wallpaper up in some of the bathrooms. And I was like, Oh, you really are taking over. <laughs> I was like, wallpaper's back. Um, I'm, we have a deal. Anything. Do you have decorative pillows all over your bed? Um, uh, you know, when it's just me here, not <laughs> the guest bed. Yes. The guest bedroom does. When it's just me, I don't have as many, um, you know, fortunately Paige loves Charleston. She really is getting used to it. It's a, it's different, you know, it's very different than New York city, but here's the thing. I don't think we'll ever not have an apartment in New York. And that's just, you know, I know not everyone's that fortunate, but that's just the answer. Like we both love being in the city, but 
you know, I, you know, and we'd love to take our kids up there, but I think, you know, I don't know. I, I think she'd say the same thing, but I don't want to speak for her, but you know, Charleston's my home base. Is it, so is do it you, tough to be in such a public relationship where because there is a spotlight, because everyone knows you're together, you get bombarded with questions like, when are you guys going to get married? Or it just comes with a territory. I'm just curious because I've never been in a public relationship where everyone knows my business all the time. So I got to imagine you guys are constantly getting hit up with marriage questions. Yeah. I mean, that's what they ask all the time and what people don't even realize, excuse me, what I tell people in the store a lot is guys, we haven't even been dating for a year yet. You know, we're coming up on it in September, but, and then I have to be nice about it. Cause I don't know when everyone else got engaged, but I was like, we're both under the impression that you should date for at least a year, at least personally before you get engaged. And that kind of slows people down because they're all like, okay, well they've been together. Now the next thing's engagement. Now the next thing's marriage. And it's like, guys, yeah, we love each other and we're happy right now, but there's a few steps that we have to do, you know, before we move on to those other public details. But I look, dating someone else in the business is the most fun, fortunate thing. And I tell her that a lot. I'm like, I'm so happy we do the same thing because it, it's nearly impossible to date someone outside I found it nearly impossible because it's just so different than other lives, I guess. Yeah. So when are you getting engaged? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I thought it was going to be sooner. Um, well, Paige is funny about it. Paige will make jokes and be like, I was just at this like event. You know how embarrassing it is that I don't have a ring? Like she's funny about it. Um, and then I was like, so maybe it's speeding up. And then she was like, no, Craig, like I want to, I want to, I like, we have some time, you know, we want to, we want to make sure it's right and do things the right way. Um, and she's so, she's kind of like, well, she's very funny, but I, she kind of had me going at one point and then she's like, no dummy, I'm just joking. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Well, to change things up just a little bit, when you had your, your Adderall issue, how are you able to get hard on it? Because that's a factor. You know, get, <laughs> oh, I, oh, um, I was like, which direction are we going? Well, I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not, yeah, that's a, it's, um, it really hinders a lot of parts of your life. Yeah, um, dude. No one, no one tells yeah. you that stuff. That's like, because it's meant for, I don't know, that's just... There's a weird puzzle that goes into it. Like, yeah. there's a, like that's anyone that takes too much Adderall would know what I'm talking about. You, there's some, there's a, yeah, I'm just glad I, I mean, I've been clean for three years now and, um, well, how did you get clean though? That's my, you know, did you just stop or, um, yeah. So, well, when I was in, so I moved to the Bahamas and we were spearfishing and I was on like shark patrol because I wasn't like. And I was like, what the hell is that? And I was like, well, you know, if a shark comes, you got to warn everyone in the water. And so for, uh, for some reason, I didn't realize we'd be swimming with sharks. Um, I was naive. So a shark came up and I tried to go underwater to warn my buddy. And my heart was beating too fast for me to hold my breath because out of routine, I just woke up, took an Adderall and went to the boat like an idiot. I didn't yeah. eat Adderall. I just took it. And so after that moment, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, what is it really worth like not being able to dive and enjoy yourself um, for Adderall? So in the Bahamas, I just stopped taking it. But then I relapsed real hard 
when I came back to film, I don't know whatever season that was, because I wasn't used to filming without Adderall. You know, Adderall just, it made it easier at the time. Um, and two weeks later, I was like, I'm not fucking doing this anymore. And I threw it away and just never filled it again. And that Good was for you, man. Yeah. And you, yeah. you dive into this pretty hard in your book, right? Like you get into the Adderall issues. What else are you talking about in the book? I just, I'm, I'm curious. I, I haven't got... You know, I, I don't well, know I, too much about it. Unfortunately, I, I don't. Have I, copy, the one thing I took I, away from I'd the book. Yeah, well, the one thing I actually want to talk about the book is I loved it. I thought it was great. And one thing you mentioned in the book after season two, you mentioned that, you know, you were broke. Like you still had to like ask your parents for help. I thought that was pretty interesting. Where were you spending your money from? Like that you're making from the TV show. Like where? What were you doing with? You know, the money's not too bad, but it's not insane. But where was the money going? Just being fake rich. You know, just living way beyond my means. I, I'm a pretty like generous person. So I was paying everyone's bar, t- you know, like I was buying everyone's shots and like, you know, getting a table and just stupid shit, like the lessons you learn later in life. Um, but I was getting, you know, that, that minuscule amount of fame that I had, I guess, secretly always like wanted and didn't really realize that, um, yeah. I mean, that was it. I was just spending money as I made it. If a check came in, I was spending it. Um, and so that's why when I, when I moved home, so yeah, basically alcohol and clothes and stupid stuff. And I get it. Um, you know, when I moved home, uh, I was just able to reset, but, um, yeah, I mean, you look, you have to make it till your third season. Once you hit third season on a show, that's usually the, the rain making season. And that's the goal. <laughs> Um, but you know, until then, like you're, you know, you can't, you can't be spending your money like I was. And what, and what was the goal with pillow talk in regards to writing a book? Like, what did you want the public to learn about you? What did you want to educate people? Like, what was, what was the goal? So I, I was very flattered. Um, when I was approached about writing a memoir, I was like, I just haven't lived long enough. I was like, I don't have the stories to do that. And then they were like, well, you know, just talk to someone. So I started to talk to a writer and they were like, Craig, you have way more stories than you think. Like that Adderall one was a big one. And they were like, we want to move you with a writer that, you know, that you mesh with a little better. And I found Blake and, uh, Blake Dvorak and, he has a, he just, he got me. He has a similar story as mine and he just like some parts of his life and he just understood me so well. And so I just said, fuck it. Like I'm going to be completely honest in this book because what has happened since I announced that I had an Adderall problem on that reunion, a lot of famous people and a lot of people that you would never expect have reached out and just been like, Hey man, I have never thought about this before, but it Adderall affects my marriage. It affects my relationship with my kids. And I have no one to talk to about it because it's not talked about. When we heard you say it on TV, it like triggered something in me. And I was like, look, if I can help it, like it's not a self-help book and it's not about Adderall, but I talk about depression. I talk about Adderall. I talk about like the light at the end of the tunnel and how tomorrow is the next day of the rest of your life. Because I would really get stuck being like, how the fuck am I not further along now? Um, and, you know, that you, you shouldn't feel guilty about living, you know, focusing on a side hustle or doing what mm-hmm. everyone else doesn't do. You know, so many people want you to be miserable like them. And so I just started to talk and I would drive around for an hour at a time in my Jeep and just talk on speakerphone to my writer. Um, and he, he did an incredible job. And, you know, hopefully 
it's it's an easy read you know it's kind of a comfy feel-good book but there's definitely some dark moments to it and also no one talks about that breakup that everyone goes through in their 20s like everyone has that big breakup you know that they think they're going to get married they think they figured it out and you break up and a lot of people i mean that fucks with a lot of people so man Craig, yeah I, we could keep you on all damn day you have been awesome i know we got to let you go uh, you've been a fantastic interview. Uh, I really, I like, I love your candor. I love just your honesty about life and reality and being famous in Charleston. I, it's just, it was a really fun talk, and I, you know, I wish you so much luck, obviously, with your your lines in Home Goods. And if anyone, ha- you know, wants to check out his book, head on over. I know it's on Amazon Pillow Talk, and if you're ever in Charleston, head on over to his shop, Sewing Down South. Um, you, you, honestly, dude, I. I I really, really enjoyed our conversation today. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, me too. This was one of my favorite. I was thinking that I was like, I'm definitely going to, I hope people listen to this. I'm going to share it. And it was a great conversation. And hopefully I see, you know, you all in New York. I'll, I'll be up there on Thursday for a couple more days. And um, we've got a really fun project in West Village happening. And yeah, there's some cool stuff, cool stuff coming. He's got a great voice, doesn't he? I wish I had that yeah. tone of voice. Great voice, great hair. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. He's just got a cool voice. It's like, ah, oh, that's a that's a cool guy's voice. Not my voice. It just sounds like a <laughs> I'm I got like the, the What's funny to think about is like, see, we're sitting here saying, Oh, great voice. But you know, he listens back to the podcast and goes, Ugh, sounds like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. Like, whenever I hear my voice, I hate it. I you know, and it seems like everyone's the same way. But um no, great interview. Really liked him. You know, Southern Charm is such a freaking huge show. Bravo it's great. just crushes. Especially whenever we have a Bravo celebrity on, it does really, really well. People are fascinated with all the stars on Bravo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're going to probably be a Bravo con, so make sure you check that. But thank you, Craig. Uh, I'm just a fan of Winter House, Summer House, and Southern Charm. Like, here's the thing I like Summer House more than uh, Southern Charm. However, I do enjoy Southern Charm because. Charleston where they film it's just beautiful it's nice and their lives look so great it's so cool but uh he's just a good guy like he's just a I don't know for me I think he's a very likable person I get why he's on TV I did cringe when you asked him about getting hard because his reps were listening in to the the episode I was like oh god Adam Dax (laughs) I I only ask the questions the fans want to know I ask the questions the fans want to know so it's all good. But thank you guys for, for listening. Break in and be like, and interviews done. I know. I know. But thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure you guys leave a review. Five star only. Say a few kind words. If you do that, we'll actually read your review live on air. Is that right, Dax? That is absolutely right. We'll leave uh, read your review live on air. Uh, but we also, you know, follow us on social media. We got a lot going on. We got a TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all the different social media platforms you can find us. We're putting up little uh, behind the scenes videos on our private Facebook page called uh, Off the Record. So if you find Hollywood Raw, then you can find the private Facebook section of it. Off the Record, we're posting like fun videos. I mean, I posted one of Shaq the other day that no one else is seeing. Um, and you know, we answer your guys' questions, anything you want to know, you hit us up there. We'll answer it directly. Um, again, follow Adam at Adam Glenn. You can follow me at Dax Holt, follow the podcast at Hollywood Raw, and, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. See ya. A Huda Media Production.